Well, hello, everyone. Welcome again to the Extra Point Podcast. Really glad you joined us for this episode. I'm Todd Stiles, one of the pastors at First Family Church in Ankeny, and I'm glad you're listening in today. Uh, normally on our Extra Point Podcast, we bring extra insight, some bonus material to what we talked about uh, the previous week in our message and from the Bible, and we do that in about an 8 to 10 minute time frame. However, this week I'll be doubling, perhaps even tripling that because I want to bring some more insight into how the authority of Jesus really intersects with our life in a shoe leather way. And I'll be taking a look back uh, at the church and its response to the coronavirus. And so I just want to encourage you to stay tuned, listen in. I think this will be very helpful. Uh, For as we prepare to exit 2020 in just a few days, I want to provide for our flock especially some observations regarding the church at large since last March. Yes, since the pandemic took center stage. Now, admittedly, this is just one pastor's perspective, mine, regarding the church and coronavirus. But I think you'll find some benefit in my look in the rearview mirror. Now, I've been logging my observations for a while, just journaling about it. But it was on the heels of digging into the radiant authority of Jesus. We talked about this last Sunday. Uh, in digging into that authority, as seen in Isaiah 9, 6, um, that I sensed a clarion call to help us exit 2020 and enter 2021 with a deeper, stronger, more robust commitment to Christ's supreme authority. I mentioned it in my sermon Sunday, so this podcast is making good on that promise that I'd bring you some more applicational information about how we need to respond to things around us in light of Christ's authority. And by the way, Christ's authority is one of the key elements in preventing mission drift, uh, personal backsliding, and waywardness within the church and by the church. And so I'm going to bring to you some insight, some uh, further applicational exhortations regarding our lives, our church, and uh, Christ's authority, especially in this COVID time. So let me take a few minutes here and make this truth painfully even more relevant for us, okay? The truth that it is upon Christ's authority that you can finish 2020 and enter 2021. That's right. Church, listen, the authority of Jesus is under your feet, not the appearance and continued presence of a pandemic, not the assurance of a vaccine, not the election of a certain party politically or even the vindication of a different political party, not the security of a new job, the approval of social media, the abundance of your bank account. None of those things provide an ultimate foundation for your feet. And, and frankly, it's precisely because those things have been unfortunately and falsely under our feet that too many professing followers of Jesus have suddenly and others gradually, they've forgotten who is actually in authoritative control, and they've run from their God-given responsibilities in fear, especially during this pandemic. I mean, in all honesty, we've given in too quickly to fear and have set aside living by faith under the authority of Jesus. Now, those previous things that I mentioned I like to refer to them as as sub-authorities because some of them, admittedly, have delegated authority from God. But every single one of them make terrible, final authorities. And yet, 
let's be honest, what we see happening is too many Christians snuggling up to these sub-authorities and giving their allegiance to things that were never designed to rule supremely. So let me share a few more thoughts with you about what I'm not talking about, okay? When I'm speaking of the authority of Jesus, how it intersects with our life and should cause us to live by faith and very missionally in difficult times, here's what I'm not talking about, first of all. I'm not talking about the the kind of pseudo-authority or the false authority exhibited by Kenneth Copeland when he, quote-unquote, drove out the coronavirus last March or April. By the way, it didn't leave the next day as he commanded it to, so enough said on that, right? Just know that I'm not talking about that kind of fleshly motivated grabbing of perceived personal authority, which is aimed really at opportunistic self-promotion and the removal of risk or hardship. I'm not talking about that kind of fake authority. What I'm talking about is a word-centered, God-rooted, spirit-empowered, others-focused appreciation of Jesus' authority. And this fuels obedience, especially a, a missional mindset for living, in the very face of risk, difficulty, and hardship. Here's some other ways, uh, uh, other things I'm not talking about when it comes to the authority of Jesus and our understanding of it. I'm not talking about throwing away genuine caution, scriptural wisdom, Biblical planning, I'm not speaking of that at all. You see, there are some who are listening to this podcast right now, and they are consistent weekly live streamers from home. And for evidential medical reasons, they should be exactly that. In fact, as a boy growing up in Tennessee, I remember that our church had those who were homebound as well. We called them in that time, we called them shut-ins. But there were obvious reasons that was their condition. And if that's you today, if you're one of our homebound, if you're one of our shut-ins, if, if you can't leave your home for evidential medical reasons to join the church, you inherently and instinctively know it right now. And my experience has been that if you're in that camp, you're actually thankful I'm voicing this pastoral perspective today. You're not experiencing spirit-generated conviction. That's not what's settling into your heart. Instead, you're experiencing genuine gratefulness. Now, let me continue here. I'm not speaking to anyone with job-related requirements that strictly govern their exposure and contact, such as certain doctors and nurses and other medical field professionals. They, too, know full well that this shepherdly assessment I'm providing is not some coded message to them, all right? So those are things I'm not speaking of when I'm talking about uh, getting the right view of Christ's authority so that it affects us in times of difficulty and hardship and brings us to live by faith and not by fear. I'm not speaking of those situations. What I'm talking about, and perhaps who I'm talking to, are those who find excuses in the culture to wrongly hide from their spiritual and non-negotiable responsibilities to Christ's church. That's it, plain and simple. In fact, what, what they are excusing is being a visible, vibrant part of a local faith family. And they're excusing it now because of something going on in the culture. Instead of digging for excuses, God's people should actually find reasons in the authority of Jesus for courageous, continued obedience in the face of cultural pressure. And one of my goals in this prodding podcast is to plainly, humbly, and boldly exhort the church, and especially our church, 
towards not giving authority to things that shouldn't have that kind of final authority in our life. Things that contradict the authority of Jesus and his commands for his distinct people. Things that wrongfully sit on the throne of your life and command your attention and set yourselves. You see, I believe the church, yes, our church, your church, is a God-birthed organism with a God-empowered mission. And as such, it isn't an optional item for true Christians. And yet, in all honesty, I've watched it during the coronavirus time become exactly that, optional. And this is why I contend that 2020 has been a very clarifying year. Not a year of confusion or cloudiness, as some say. You see, we've all been given the opportunity to ask ourselves, whose authority do I trust? Whose authority will be the foundation for my decisions? And in all candor, uh, we've not answered that real well at times. We've been in the refiner's fire through a year of needed trials that I think have tested the resolve of God's people. And I'm unapologetically thankful for 2020 and its clarifying distillation of who God's people really are, what God's people actually believe, and who God's people truly trust. For God is accomplishing James 1 in us, His church. He's maturing us through the trying of our faith. So with that as a background to some of my comments, let me move to the to the main observations that I've noted in looking back at the church's response at large since March. Here's some things that I've kind of been jotting down, some thoughts to bring, that I think are a result of not seeing the authority of Christ clearly. I've come to realize there are essentially three ways God's people, both here and in the church at large, have responded in this pandemic. We've either, we've either used it as a cover, a club, or a set of sovereign circumstances. Let me walk you through these briefly. First, some use COVID as a cover. In other words, some hide behind the medical terms or cultural expectations, and they use them as camouflage, and they disguise what's really going on in their heart, which, in all frankness, is usually spiritual sickness, not a physical one. Now, while, while using COVID as a cover is one end of the spectrum, I don't think it's a an extreme end or a rare end, unfortunately. Truth is, this is more common than many pastors want to admit and are willing to address. Using COVID as a cover actually reveals a lack of faith in Jesus' authority over your life. And it shows that, at least to you, His commands are second to your comfort. And so I want to ask some diagnostic questions for a moment. Uh, ways to help us think through, are we using COVID as a cover? First of all, is sports still an option, but not the corporate gathering of the church? Is working essential, but not witnessing and sharing your faith? Is eating out with friends still something you make sure to arrange, but there's no way you can arrange to meet with your small group? Is serving others, even when it's costly, no longer a value that you live by, but, but more like a convenience if it works out? So allow me here to speak with a prophet's tone. And I want to warn you that yeses to those questions and others like it could be an indication that you're chasing a very selfish, isolated life where you have no healthy accountability, relationships, or expectations. And that 
is a recipe for eventual disaster. And the spiritual relational risk you're running now is far greater eternally than the physical risk of temporarily catching COVID. You see, cover people are those who seek to act like they're eliminating risk, when in reality, they're eliminating responsibility. They too often hide behind the cover of wanting to be safe, but it's really, like I said, just a cover for actually seizing the opportunity to be selfish. And let's be just painfully truthful here. No one can eliminate all risk anyway. All we can do is mitigate against risk. And so trying to eliminate all risk is really just a response that's, that's a cover. And if you're in that group, I plead with you to remove yourself from the throne of pseudo-authority and humbly live under the authority of Christ, the one you have confessed and committed to following. His marching orders set the pace and pattern for your life, even when that involves risk. And I exhort you to return to him in confession and obedience and fall under his authority. Interestingly and anecdotally, here's something I've discovered as well, that that most, if not all, of the people who are genuinely needing to seek a high level of isolation during the COVID uh, for safety reasons, they actually wish they didn't have to. It's an odd irony, quite humorous, in fact. You see, those who actually need it and use it, they wish so deeply they didn't have to. Yet, oddly, those who seek it and clamor for it, they're typically the ones who, who don't need it and they're using it as a cover. So again, If you know you're just avoiding your spiritual responsibilities as a member of Christ's church, oh, today, make a hard U-turn. Come back to living under Christ's authority and around your spiritual family, your brothers and sisters. You see, the safest place isn't within your own constructed idea of security, but within God's design for spiritual growth and maturity. That's called the church, and it's needed now as much as ever. A second response that some have had to COVID is they've used it as a club. Now, this is the other end of the spectrum, and unfortunately, it's not extreme either. There are people on all sides of the pandemic issues, and they have proudly used their opinions to beat others up, whether in the church or not. They see their viewpoint as the only right one, and until you're on board, well, you're the target then. And their ammo is usually the sarcastic, legalistic language that binds others to their opinion, which they see as law. It's important to realize here that instead of that type of of, uh, attitude and posture, we should realize there is freedom here for varying views on certain issues surrounding COVID. Now, I'm not saying there are varying views on God's mandates regarding our personal and corporate disciplines and habits. Not at all. But when it comes to perspectives concerning how best to react to the virus, there, there is some freedom for disagreement. For instance, is a mask better than no mask? Does distancing actually help? Do shutdowns have any value? Is personal responsibility a better approach than community mandates? Where does the government's line of interference start? Or where does it stop? You see, I believe all these are areas of freedom that are addressed by Romans 14 and 1 Corinthians 8, and they're addressed by telling us the kind of posture and attitude we should have towards each other. Now, in these passages, there are, by scriptural default then, 
stronger and weaker brothers and sisters always in the mix. And of course, let's be frank here, no one ever admits to being the weak brother or sister, right? So there's this constantly running and I think quite unfruitful debate about who is right and who is wrong, who's the weaker, who's the stronger, or who's the authority in the room. Well, let me answer that question. Jesus is. And he actually says it is the obligation of the strong to help the weak. That's a missional lifestyle. That's a missional understanding. That's our responsibility. Now, there's a lot of teaching. I want to pause here and say this. There's a lot of teaching that needs to go with that statement. So it isn't also used as a club. But I need to give that teaching another time. Let me just say that in these areas of freedom, especially in this current time regarding the pandemic, Grace must be our standard mode of operation when we're in conversation about these different opinions and, and, and uh, issues because no one stands on a single authoritative verse about the issue. But we all stand under the authority of our risen Lord. And he has commanded that we strive together for unity, that we speak gracefully, act kindly, love deeply, always. So I exhort you, Put your proud club away. Extend the hand of grace and allow room for honest disagreement between brothers and sisters in the same spiritual family on issues where there is no clear verse. But I must remind us yet again, we're admitting we can disagree on what man says about the virus, not what God says about his church. And this is what I find so intriguing. We've We've allowed so much room and freedom about what God says, and yet we seem to have very little freedom about what man says. And this is where we've gotten off track in the pandemic. And we've wrongfully thought our job was to reconfigure God's values and commands in light of of this sudden difficulty, as if God now has new marching orders and new expectations. But church, it is quite the contrary. Community, gathering, worship, mission, service are still core values of God's called out people, even when it's difficult. Admittedly, how we best live those out is a constant conversation in every generation, but it is not our responsibility to change those values just because we find it hard to live by them in the moment. So COVID has been used, in my opinion, since March in the church at large, either as cover or as a club. But it's also been used, and this is, I think, the best way that I've seen it used. I've seen it used as a set of sovereign circumstances. This is how some of God's people have responded to and in the pandemic. And I'd remind you, this is, in a factual way, all that they are. They are, at their core, a set of ordained, though very difficult, circumstances. Remember, it has come our way through the hand of God, and we now have to navigate it in the light of the mission of God, with the wisdom of God, and in the power of God. In other words, it's our turn, so to speak. You see, our forefathers and mothers dealt with things like the Spanish flu, bubonic plague, religious persecution, and a host of other things that swept the known world at different times. I just refer you to Acts chapter 8 for one of them. And in every time of upheaval and turmoil, difficulty or hardship, when the church saw the situations as sovereign circumstances that were divinely ordained and then responded accordingly, the mission of God flourished. Why? 
because they saw clearly and believed firmly that no circumstance was outside the authority of Jesus. He was in full control from the throne in heaven. So why fear? Why worry? Just stay on mission and obedient. And in all transparency, church, this is why I think we are in America, by and large, responding selfishly and wrongly in this time. You see, persecution and tribulation, they always grow the church missionally. And while that may be an eventual outcome of this time uh, of the coronavirus, and I pray it is, my sense is the initial reaction, our initial reaction has been one rooted more in making sure we're comfortable, not missional. And when we're not living missional, it's a sure sign we're not seeing or hearing Jesus as the authoritative king sending us out as great commission followers. Instead, we're seeing him uh, like, like a consultant, one who suggests things, and he's asking us if we'll consider obeying his wishes and then cheer for him like fans. That's a bad idea. Jesus Christ is not our consultant, and we're not stadium-seated fans. He is King and Lord, and we're His ambassadors who do His bidding without question. Now, let me provide for you a, a very specific way I think this has fleshed out within our own faith family here at, at FFC. Here's a, a, a concrete example of perhaps how we have unintentionally um, kind of backed away and how we can now continue to move forward if we recognize this. Some of the feedback from our fireside chats uh, to our elders was that perhaps there's a sense in which we're acting less friendly as of late. And so as we heard this feedback, um, we asked ourselves, has COVID caused us to turn inward? And we don't know exactly. We would say hopefully not intentionally that has not occurred. We don't know, but there is some feedback that perhaps within our corporate gathering, gathering, there just seems to be an increased standoffishness, maybe a, a hesitancy to reach out as in the you know, years before. And so it seems to be increasingly evident that the passion among our people to connect to new people may be visibly waning. This is hard to hear. It's hard for me to hear. But it's good that we look at things uh, with the feedback we've been giving. And so even if it's not intentional, this is not good. Now, it leads us to being seen no longer as close. And when I say being seen, I'm not worried about what people think about us. I'm just trying to project and encourage you to think about our testimony and the way the bell is rung, so to speak, in our community. And I don't think anyone would say, yeah, we want to be seen as closed. No, that's not what anyone wants. We want to be seen as close, yet as a family of God uh, who connects to each other, but we don't want to be seen as closed and I'd remind you, just that one letter, the letter D, it can make a drastic difference in the missional mindset of a faith family. In turn, you begin to unknowingly develop a reputation for cliquishness and unfriendliness, and then that makes a drastic difference in the missional effect in your community. So do you see what's happening here? If we're not careful, we'll let fear and sub-authorities affect perhaps our mindset about our mission, even when we're gathering and new people are around us. And what that does then, that affects the missional uh, effect in our community. It, it, it correlates to that. And so here's a specific way in which perhaps we're letting a sub-authority unintentionally affect us. And that's in how we respond and pursue and treat those who are new in our midst uh, when we gather. 
So let me drill down very specifically into some mindsets that we must recapture. Things like, like speaking to new people when you see them, not worrying about if you're embarrassed or don't remember their name or don't even know their name. Maybe when you see someone with a mask, still approaching appropriately and, and, and exhibiting you know, hospitality of the heart. Things like helping new moms when you see them with an extra load, they're coming in the door, they're making their way to the children's center. Maybe you see them in the parking lot, and so you actually go out there to, to help and to see if you can lend a hand. You're striking up conversation uh, that's not just officially friendly, friendly, but that's genuinely interested. Uh, there are serving opportunities weekly in our children's ministry. And, and, you know, making sure that we're fully staffed with, with great volunteers for the sake of our community and for the sake of the, those who are new to our church. You know, returning to where there are more twofers. You say, what's a twofer? A twofer describes those in our church who go to one service and serve at the other. And so seeing those numbers increase, perhaps swinging by the cafe each week just to meet others and encourage someone with whom God may cross your path, encouraging them with a timely word perhaps serving as a welcomer or host or greeter. And if you're serving that way, then making sure that, that as you distribute service items, such as the bulletins or maybe a, uh, our communion elements, that you're more concerned about the person coming in than just the paper you're handing out. It means thinking about helping someone find a seat in times when it's obvious we are crowded and needing more open spaces. We've added an extra service, but there's a couple of services that often are very crowded. Uh, people are longing for community. They're returning to the gathering. And, and if you're seated and there and you see that, and just maybe offer your seat up. This is the kind of sensitivity and awareness that we need in order to, to continue to communicate that we, uh, we uh, love people. I watched this happen just recently. One of our older members, he and his wife noticed some folks looking for a seat in the back and the service had already started. And he nudged his wife and they uh, left their seat motion for someone in the back who was new actually to come forward they gave them their seats and they went and found another one and i think that's just genuine hospitality that really uh, rings a great bell and and makes a great impression here's some more mindsets we need to recapture things like getting names from our office of people who maybe are currently in our membership class or discovery class and then maybe just as a as a member in the church just texting them or calling them with a simple welcome message Maybe asking for names of those who are sick and need prayer. Maybe the names of our homebound members and calling them to prayer or just texting them a prayer. See, these are the kinds of things, and there's more of these kinds of things, that are distinctly first family, and we cannot afford to lose them. Church, will you refuse to allow COVID to turn your attention inward? Will you see the pandemic as a set of sovereign circumstances under the authority of Jesus that, that, that actually give you a greater platform for even more mission and ministry? Would you swim upstream of the culture and against the tide of popular opinion? And yes, even while mitigating the risks, would you go ahead and risk some things for the mission of God and the needs of others? I just want to encourage all of us to be conduits of God's love, not consumers of our own self-love. Let's be rivers that flow and connect to others, not ponds that, that stagnate within ourselves. In fact, can we finish out our 40 days of prayer and fasting by continuing to ask God through the power of His Word and the work of His Spirit 
to drive fear from us and fill us with greater faith in his supreme authority. I know God will hear us, and I think God in his grace and mercy would pour out a surge of missional living in many of us to the extent that we would see noticeable changes in how we love one another, how we meet needs and address opportunities, how we welcome new people, how we reach out to our community. You see, those things will happen. We'll see noticeable changes once we see the authority of Christ in clearer, fuller views. Now, make no mistake, church, you can live this unselfishly and courageously even in a pandemic. You can, and even beyond the pandemic, because of the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit empowered the Son of Man to live and die this way for us, and that sets our paradigm for how we are to live for others and unto God. So fear not, church. Let me repeat that for you. Fear not, church. Live courageously, sacrificially, riskily, confidently. Yes, even in the pandemic. Don't see COVID as a cover or as as a club. See it as a set of sovereign circumstances upon which you can live more missionally than ever. For our King, the authoritative Jesus, not only holds every circumstance of our culture firmly in his grip, he holds every second and circumstance of your life tightly in his hands as well. There is nothing outside of his authority. So seek not cover nor strive to wield a club. Rather see the end of 2020 and all of 2021 as a sovereign set of circumstances, a God-ordained collection of opportunities to showcase Christ's authority over you, your decisions, actions, relationships, pursuits, and interests. And may His unending and increasing authority as the King upon whose shoulder God's inaugurated and soon to be consummated government rests, may it be the filter and fuel for all of your actions. Now to the King of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, the honor and glory forever and ever. Amen.